Well, good morning, Vibrant Church. Hey, if you're excited to be in here on this Mother's Day morning, can we hear you this morning? Come on, come on, we awake, I love it. Hey, look, if I haven't had the opportunity to meet you yet, my name is Jamie, and I'm one of the pastors here on team at Vibrant Church, and it is such an honor to get to dive into this word today. But before we do that, we gotta shout out some moms in this place. We gotta shout out the moms that are online because I got to, yeah, 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 like, go ahead, celebrate it. Let's go. Yes. See, I was thinking about it, and I'll be transparent, man. I'm missing my mama a little bit right now. My mother's over in Alabama. Shout out to you, mama. I love you so much. And uh, I was thinking about it. And you know, you cannot ignore the power of a praying mama. You know, it just hit me. See, there's so many things that we see that our mothers do, all the sacrifices that we actually notice. But I've learned that the most powerful things that moms do are never seen by anyone else. And so I just wanna take a second and I just wanna, on behalf of every son in this place, on behalf of every husband, on behalf of every man, hey, men in the room, can we raise those loud, gruff voices and let's celebrate the moms that have impacted our lives? You know, and we're talking all kinds of mothers, you know, just, you know, moms, grandmothers, spiritual mothers, we honor and celebrate you. So uh, we're gonna dive into this word. If you are enjoying this bold prayer series, can you say yeah for me? Yeah. There we go, that's a good sign. So the past three weeks have been incredibly important. They've been a blessing for my spirit. And uh, I can just go ahead and tell you that as I was reflecting on them, a really odd trend popped up. I did not recognize it at first, but when I started to prep this message, I went, okay, there's something we gotta notice, right? See, in the first three weeks, we've prayed some very important prayers, right? Week one, we prayed, make me bold. And I'm sure a lot of you are like, yeah, I'm all in on that, right? I want to be bold, I want to be courageous. And then in the second week, Pastor Trey brought the prayer, speak to me. And I don't know about y'all, but I feel like that's my most common prayer most days. God, please help, I need your guidance. And then in week three, Pastor Mike led us through what is a difficult prayer, but one that I think if we really think about it, we would all be in on, and that's God search my heart. Because I don't know anybody in this room, anybody joining us online, all of us would sign up for a life with a little less mess. Can I get an amen? amen. But I've noticed this trend. All three weeks, the prayer is about us, right? God search my heart. God speak to me. God make me bold. And so can I give you a warning? This week ain't about you. This week is a little bit different. So uh, I, I kind of just want you to know the stakes before we begin. And so let me just be real with you. This prayer that we're gonna talk about today, it comes with a little bit of baggage. It just does. So there's my warning. You might not like this prayer. Now, I don't want you to get it twisted. You can actually... Go to heaven and never pray this prayer. In fact, if you choose not to pray this prayer today, it is not gonna keep you out of the pearly gates. It ain't gonna keep you away from Jesus. You're okay on that front as long as you've given your life to Jesus. But I want you to know something. If we're gonna bring heaven down to earth, then we're gonna have to pray this prayer every single day of our lives. And it's gonna be uncomfortable almost every single day of your life. Now, all of this being said, there's still gonna be a portion of you that go, I'm still not praying this. Once we get to the end and I give you the invitation to pray it with me, some of you are gonna check out and say, nope, not for me. 
And that's okay, because I get it. This one doesn't feel good. And it's the opposite of safe. A lot of you are like, man, this is not the Mother's Day message I wanted. I wanted it to be happier, more lighthearted. Hey, look, I can just tell you, this might be the Mother's Day message we need. See, here's the thing. You're not gonna be the star of this prayer. And in fact, many of you are gonna walk away feeling like you're not even the beneficiary of this prayer. But despite all of that, I want to invite you, if you've got the boldness, if you've got the courage, if you've got the bravery to pray this one with us, I want to invite you today to pray this prayer. God, break my heart. Yeah, See, for, except for about four of you, there, you could have heard a pin drop in here, right? We don't like this prayer. God, break my heart. See, this is not a simple breaking. This is a full-blown shattering. This is saying, God, I want you to crush my heart. And it's not so that we can just experience pain. That's weird. No one prays that. If you are, let's talk afterwards. We're not that kind of church. No, this is pain that has a purpose. Because see, we're praying, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Now, if we were to get really honest about our prayer life, which if you ever wanna get a group of Christians to go completely quiet, ask them to reflect on their private prayer life. All of a sudden, it gets awkward quick, right? Because see, here's the thing. We all know that we don't pray enough. We all know that we don't take everything to him in prayer like we should. And if we're very honest, we're a bit self-focused with our prayer life a lot of times. In fact, Vibrant Church, can I scrape the niceties off of this thing today? Can we just get real, real? We're kind of selfish in our prayer life. And I'm not putting you on an island there. I'm right there with you. See, for some of us, once again, notice us, I'm right here with you. For some of us, your prayer life probably sounds like I did as a little kid when I got the Sears Wish Book catalog. Any of y'all remember the Sears Wish Book? Raise your hand if you do. Okay, good, good. I dated myself right there. None of vibrant youth understands. They're like, what are you talking about? See, the internet killed this for you guys, and I'm so sorry, because this used to be one of the most exciting days of the year. See, sometime in October, November, Sears, in the perfect marketing scheme that they had, they would send you this gigantic catalog in the mail that featured every toy, every video game, every remote control car, every Hot Wheels track you could ever want. Anybody a Hot Wheels fan in here? Anybody love that as a kid? Yeah, come on. You know, the reality is, is we would get this, this catalog in the mail, and I know that parents must have immediately started sweating. Because if you were to kind of add up all of your child's wishes, it was roughly the price of Bill Gates' house, right? It was just a ginormous amount of money. But what kids would do, myself included, is we would run to our parents, grab a Sharpie marker, and then we would go to town circling everything that we wanted. And then we would take it to our parents because apparently they were the direct link between our wants and Santa Claus, and we would say, okay, can't wait for Christmas, you better bless me. And I look back on it, mama, I'm sorry. That was a lot of weight to carry. But I think sometimes that's how we are in our prayer life today, even as adults, right? As we walk through our day and treat it like a catalog for life, and we look and we see our neighbor's new truck and we circle that with our Sharpie. We see so-and-so's new house down the road that they just built, and we go, mm, mine's not good enough. It doesn't have the same amount of shiplap theirs does. And so we circle it. 
And if we're real honest, we're circling it with a permanent marker because see, our wants, though they should be temporary in the face of God, they become etched in our brain and we can't shake them sometimes. And so we're not happy until we get that thing that someone else had. It just, it, sometimes that's our prayer life, right? And then we take it to God and say, okay, you see everything that I want. Can't wait to wake up Christmas morning and have all of the shiny toys I deserve. And then it's just like, man, that's not reality. Then on the other hand, some of you, y'all got that Tony Braxton prayer life. Now, some of y'all in here are like, who is Tony Braxton? May Google save you. Right, because Tony Braxton in the mid '90s, she had this huge R&B hit called "Unbreak My Heart." Raise your hand if you know "Unbreak My Heart." Okay, good. I'm glad to know I'm not the only one. I didn't grow up on DC Talk and Stephen Curtis Chapman. I'm sorry, I didn't. Y'all pray for my past, okay? But "Unbreak My Heart" was this hit song, and some of us—that's our prayer life. We're past the wish list. Now we're needing Him to unbreak the things we done messed up. Right? We were over there praying, God, unbreak my bank account. Show me you love me again by putting some zeros on the end so this check don't bounce. Are we over here going, God, can you unbreak my boss? Unbreak my boss. Undo the hurt that he caused when he kicked my butt out of the door and took a job right out of my life. And those of you that remember the lyrics are like, "Mm -hmm, I see what you did there. We all have those unbreak my prayers, unbreak my marriage, unbreak my children, unbreak my husband, unbreak my wife, unbreak my air conditioner, unbreak everything, God. But you know what? If we're very honest about both sets of prayers, they're very me focused, right? Unbreak my heart, give me my wish list. And sometimes I think God's looking at us going, hey, you know what? It would be really cool for a change if you would pray for what breaks my heart, which is lost humanity. See, you know to come to me with your wish list. You know to come to me with your struggles. But so-and-so over there doesn't. Why don't you go share me with them instead of asking for more for you? And the reality is, is that's tough on us. We don't like that sometimes because it asks something of us. And so I would put it like this. Sometimes I think we end up uh, praying these really competing prayers. See, I think we want all of the blessings in life, but we don't want any of the breaking that's required for a breakthrough. Because breaking is ugly. Breaking is tough and breaking is dangerous. And so if we're just getting super honest in the second service today, We want the blessing of a bigger bank account. We don't want the breaking of financial counseling. We want the blessing of a happy marriage. We don't want the breaking of a counselor that looks at you and says, no, you were wrong. And it's time to step up, men. The reality is, is we want the blessing, but we don't want want the breaking needed for a breakthrough. And this causes us to do something weird. Y'all ever heard of Build-A-Bear? It's cute, right? It's not so cute when it's your prayer life. Because we go full-blown full build a God in our prayer life. Look at what we do. See, we want the Ephesians 3.20 God, right? We want him to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. And some of you are going, bet, test me. Test, I got a good imagination, God. See, we want the Philippians 4.19, God. We want him to supply our every need, including all these things that we don't actually need, but we've convinced ourselves that we do. Bless me, God. 
I need it. Got to have it. Four-wheel drive, baby. Come on. We also want that James 1.17 God. Yeah, Lord. I want you to give me every good and perfect gift from above. And God, can you make sure he's got abs? Can you make sure he's got a six-pack? Can you make sure he's got straight teeth? Because God, I sure love a pretty smile. Won't he do it? And we walk away feeling good, right? But you know what's funny? We don't get nearly as excited about the Galatians 6-2 God. We don't get excited about that God who calls us to share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. <laughs> Let's take it another level. Read the next verse. We don't get excited about the Galatians 6-3 God either. The one that says, if you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. Then he says, you are not that important. <laughs> Whew. I didn't step on your toe there. That was God, okay? See, the reality is some of you are going, man, I didn't know God had that kind of attitude. But he's serious about this lost humanity thing, y'all. See, that's why I say we start going full-blown build a God in our prayer life. We wanna pick and choose the pieces we want we want to say, God, give me all of the blessing, but you can keep all that burden junk and that little attitude you just have. But church, can I just pose a question to you this morning? What if, look at your neighbor, say, what if? What if God's greatest blessings are just on the other side of our deepest burdens? I want that to hit for everybody today. What if God's greatest blessings are just on the other side of our deepest burdens? See, this is a lesson that I learned in a very real, very personal, and to be very blunt about it, a very painful experience. I'm from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And some of you may be thinking, well, I know where this is going. And no, it has nothing to do with the kick six or Auburn winning a football game. Yes, that is a tragedy, but a slightly different kind. No, 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 this has to do with this thing. I hate looking at this picture, to be honest. April 27th, 2011, just over a decade ago now, my life was radically changed when that monster came tearing through my hometown. That monster claimed over 50 lives in one fell swoop from the city that I loved. And I was totally unprepared for where this would take me. See, at that point in my life, just to be transparent with you guys, I didn't know Jesus the way that I needed to know him. I had said he was my Lord and Savior, but I didn't really have a relationship with him. And so when the infrastructure in the face of my hometown was completely rewritten and obliterated, I did not know where to turn, but I knew that I had a burden on my heart for the people of my city. And so I did what I could. I took the little bit of money that we had. I bought a bunch of water, some toothbrushes, some toilet paper, amen. And I filled up the back of my Toyota Tundra. I called my friend AJ and I said, hey, let's go help people. He said, bet, I'm already coming. And we went and served our city. And I would love to lie to you and tell you that I did it for Jesus. But like I said, I didn't even know him. But here's the coolest thing about what happened through that tornado. What began as a burden for the people of my city, 
turned into the blessing because I was blessed by the presence of a church that didn't talk about being the hands and feet of Jesus. They didn't battle plan to be the hands and feet of Jesus. No, they said, let's go do it. They did not have a perfect plan. They did not have a perfect strategy. They had a perfect God and a bunch of people who said yes. And so lives were transformed in the middle of that terror. And church, I'm just here to tell you, I think that's what this is all about. I think that's what praying this prayer is all about. God, break my heart for what breaks yours. It's our opportunity to see the need. It's our opportunity to allow a burden to become a blessing. And the rest of the story is phenomenal. See, I, I went out and, and I served with this church. And to be honest with you, I didn't even like it the first week. But I loved seeing people get water that they desperately needed. If you fast forward to the end of that first night, I went home and I told my wife, Amber, I said, hey, babe, I'm gonna say something you'll never expect. She's like, what? I said, I think I wanna go to a church. You would have thought I awarded her, her like a billion dollars, for real, because she never thought I would say those words. And so we went to that church the next weekend and we continued to go. About six weeks later or so, I gave my life to Jesus, for real this time. The story gets better. About six years later, I joined my first small group and I found my first real church family. Fast forward a little bit further from that, a couple years later, I decided to join Highlands College because I felt like God was telling me to do something more than get kids into college. Hey, why don't we get them into the pearly gates instead? And lo and behold, today I get to stand on this platform in front of the most amazing church I could have ever asked for. And here's the cool part of the story. You know who else was present in that park where we were strategizing and planning? It wasn't just Church of the Highlands where I started. No, Vibrant Church was there as well. I did not know it, but I was in the presence of not just one blessing, but two. That's why we have to act on this prayer today. So let me ask again, what if the blessing you've been praying for is on the other side of the burden that you've been running from? What if it's that close? You know, I think about it like this. If we spend our whole lives praying for blessing but running from burden, the enemy will convince us that our God has gone deaf. I'm sure many of you have felt that way, right? You've prayed, God bless me with this. God, I really need this. God, please help and it didn't happen, and you're on the verge of being convinced that he didn't hear you. But what if, what if God did not go deaf? Instead, we were the ones that went blind. You know, what if he gave you that heavy burden that's keeping you up at night, that's causing you to pray? What if he gave you that heavy burden so that he could get you to your heavenly blessing? Like, what if that broken family member you've been pouring out tears and prayers for is on your heart for a purpose? What if that workplace where all they do is cuss and talk about worldly things, what if you're there for a purpose? What if your broken past that you would rather sweep under a rug than share as a banner of your testimony, what if it's there for a purpose? Church, I just wanna offer today that that thing that you may be sick of, that burden that may be hurting you inside, it may be the key to the blessing you've longed for for your entire life, but you've got to learn to embrace the burden to experience the blessing. So once again, I want you to know the stakes before I invite you to pray this prayer. 
I am well aware what this one will cost us. There is baggage with the burden. In fact, people are going to question you. People are going to criticize you. Y'all know how they talk, right? How are you gonna go hang out with so-and-so? Don't you know how she used to act? Don't you know the places she used to go? Don't you know the words he used to say? Don't you know how he used to treat his wife? How are you gonna spend time with so-and-so? The reality is, is you're about to face some incredible spiritual opposition and you are going to face some very real resistance if you pray this prayer. But if you will pay close attention, you are going to be blessed as your heart breaks over something that breaks the heart of God. And you may be thinking to yourself, Pastor Jamie, that makes no sense. You are describing incredible burden. You are describing heartbreaking burden. How can there be a blessing in that? Well, there's two moments in scripture that show us the benefit wrapped inside of a heavenly blessing or a heavenly burden, excuse me. In Jeremiah 8, we see the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah, which they used to call him the weeping prophet. He was actually bemoaning the plight of his people. And I wish I could get into the nooks and crannies of this, but let's just keep it on the surface today on this part. These people were ugly broken. The people of Judah were all kinds of ugly broken. Like whatever messed up thing you can imagine, it was worse. It was worse. And so Jeremiah writes in chapter eight, verses 18 and 21, he writes, my grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken. I hurt with the hurt of my people. I mourn and am overcome with grief. Some of you know that feeling. You've been there before. You've suffered loss or tragedy and you know what it means to be overcome with grief. Are you sure you want to ask for that in your prayer life? Are you sure? Do you know the kind of courage and boldness that it takes to pray this prayer? This is a bold prayer, y'all. I want you to check out something in, that Paul wrote in Romans 9. See, Paul was also very much burdened for his community because the people of Israel had just rejected the Messiah. And this crushed him, it broke his heart. Look at what he writes in Romans 9, one through three. He writes, with Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. He says, y'all, I'm being real. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I want you to grab this last little bit. If you wanna know what a burden sounds like, this is burden. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. Can you imagine praying that prayer? I am willing to be forever cut off from Christ if it would just save my people. That's real burden. That's what praying this prayer looks like. It's not a mild breaking. It's not a momentary breaking. It is a burden and it is a breaking that will leave you completely changed from the way you were when you came in today, y'all. But I don't want you to ignore the blessing that is inside of this burden. Don't miss it. See, both of these men, both Jeremiah and Paul, had what they called my people. Look at your neighbor, say my people. See, when you pray this prayer, what you may lose in community, you will most, or excuse me, what you may lose in comfort, you will most certainly gain in community. And let me say that again, because I want you to get it. I want it to sink in. Yes, you're going to lose some comfort. 
But in exchange for that comfort, you will gain a real community. And hear me on this, guys. I can't promise you what they're going to look like. I can't promise you what they're going to smell like. I can't promise you what their past is going to be. What I can promise you is they will be your people. They will be your community. And this is what community does, is it takes us from merely having a pulse into having a purpose. See, if you're just living for your own luxury and comfort, that's just having a pulse. Congratulations, every human does that. But if you are willing to live for something more, if you're willing to exchange comfort for community, I am here to tell you today, you will have more than a pulse. You will have a heavenly purpose and no one will be able to ignore it. That's why I love small groups so much. For the past five years of my life, I've been blessed with the opportunity to lead men in small groups. I've got another 12 lined up for a small group that begins Tuesday and I could not be more excited about it Tyler Wise sitting up here gonna come kick it with us in the shop. It's gonna be great. He's gonna teach me to be a real man. I'm so pumped. But y'all, when you lead a small group, the most amazing things happen because you've chosen to open your heart and your home to a community that needs you rather than the comfort that's trying to dissuade you from doing it. There is more when you say yes, but it is scary. And so once again, let me make the stakes clear. We're getting close to that moment where I'm gonna ask you to consider praying this prayer. I need you to know the fine print. I don't wanna trick you into this thing. So there are four things that this prayer is gonna do to you, okay? And so I wanna go over them really quickly. The first one is this. This prayer will call you out of your comfort zone. It will call you out of your comfort zone. When I think about this part of it, I think about one of our most amazing small group leaders here at Vibrant Church. Her name is Pam Brown. Many of you know Miss Pam. She leads a small group called Girlfriends, and it's got the most amazing legacy, y'all. 10 years, a full decade, that small group's been around. They have the most amazing story. There are now multiple generations of women who look to that small group and talk about how their lives were radically changed by Pam's obedience. And so when she was talking to me about girlfriends, I said, what did it feel like when you led for the first time? She said, oh, it was terrible. I was like, well, that's not the story I wanna tell. Can we try that again, Pam? She said, oh no, I can't lie to you. She was like, I was scared to death. She said, it totally fell into my lap. She said, I felt so insecure, so ill-equipped. She was like, I just wanted to quit before we even began. She said, I was so scared. I actually forgot how you ran a small group. She's like, I had been in the group and didn't even know how the flow worked. Guys, that's what I'm talking about when I say step out of your comfort zone. It's gonna cost you some things, but I can tell you the community that's on the other side is worth every ounce of the cost. It's worth every ounce of your comfort, I promise. So that's the first thing this prayer is gonna do is it's gonna call you out of your comfort zone, but the second thing that it's gonna do is it's gonna call you onto assignment. It's gonna call you onto assignment. See, at Vibrant Church, we don't do church just for the heck of it. We have a purpose. We have a mission. We have an assignment. We say it like this. At Vibrant Church, we exist to see those who are far from God raised to life in Christ. And we're passionate about this. This is what fuels our fire. This is what gets us up and gets us going after we had a late Wednesday night at Thrive and an early Thursday meeting because there's someone in Columbus, Mississippi that needs the gospel of Jesus Christ and we're gonna get it to them. And so can I just tell you, y'all, 
if you'll pray this prayer, you're gonna be called onto assignment. And when you know what your assignment is, you're more observant. You'll see the people in your church that need the touch of Jesus. You'll see the people in your workplace that need a little bit of hope. You'll see what your child's going through at home and you'll see past their failing and you'll see what, how bright their future could be. You'll start to become more observant if you're willing to say yes to this prayer. Now the third thing that it's gonna do is this prayer is gonna call you into action. It's going to call you into action. See, it's one thing to be observant. Many of us in here, without even praying this prayer, we see how broken the world is. But how many of us allow observant to become obedient? How many of you are willing to say, you know what? Yep, the world's tough right now. Yes, there are people that need Jesus. Yes, it's gonna be awkward to engage in that conversation. Yes, it's gonna be weird if I invite them to church, but I don't care about my comfort. I don't care about weird. I don't care about socially awkward. There's somebody that needs a savior, so I'm gonna be the one that brings them here. <laughs> Will you allow him to move you from, from observant to obedient. And can I just say on a personal note, I'm so thankful that there were people who said yes to being called into action during the tornado. I may not have been the one receiving water and toilet paper and toothpaste, but I received hope that the church wasn't dead and Jesus was still alive and I could have faith in him. I'm thankful for people who are willing to be called into action. And then number four, and here's the good news. This one's actually fun. Everybody's like, finally something. This guy can't come back. He's just so heavy. Number four is great, y'all. If you pray this prayer, it will call you back to what matters most. It will call you back to what matters most. And spoiler alert, it's not your bills. It's not that beautiful Ford F-150 you've been dreaming about. It's not your worries that you obsess over. Paul outlines it beautifully, beautifully in 1 Thessalonians 2.18. You know why he could tap in to what mattered most? He was professing his love for humanity. I think there's something special about loving one another. When you truly express the way you love others, God reminds you why you're here in the first place. See, Paul says it like this, we loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. There's two parts to this. Because we loved you so much, we had to share with you our perfect Savior. And in doing so, we also shared our lives with you too. Our energy, our time, our effort, our patience, our prayers, we shared it all with you. So if you were gonna write it down, here's how I would write it down. The two things that matter most is following our perfect Savior and loving his imperfect people following our perfect savior, Jesus Christ, and loving his imperfect people. And there's an amazing thing that happens when you, when you get this, when it clicks, when you start living for those two things. See, we get to move beyond being actors in this thing called life. Some of you, you live knowing that there's more to life than what you're experiencing. You know it. There's more than the bills, there's more than the tasks, there's more than the jobs, there's more than the worries, but you just can't find it, right? 
When you pray this prayer and you get what life is really all about, you move beyond being an actor in this thing called life and you get to become an artisan in this kingdom called heaven. You get to produce some incredible fruit if you'll just say yes to this prayer. In fact, what I've learned in studying for this message is that God is always calling us back to broken humanity. But our flesh would much rather hang out with the comfortable and the whole. We would rather kick it with our friends than invite one of our foes to church. See, God's heart is always breaking for the lost. It's always breaking for the confused, yet our flesh is always longing for the luxurious and the comfortable. In church, can I just be really real with you? Don't hate me for this. But y'all, sometimes it's really sad how quickly Christians and churchgoers forget their own story. It's like we get spiritual amnesia as soon as we're healed. It's ridiculous, man. I, if you just reflect and remember back to your past, I bet your story is not perfect. I bet your story's not shiny. I bet your story's not whole. I bet your story needed a savior too, right? But instead, we want our lives to look like these Ray Dunn mugs. Boy, these things are popular right now. And that's what we want. We want to be popular. We want to be shiny. We want to be perfect. We want to choose a label that we can slap on the front of our lives and everyone know us by this and this alone. In fact, some of you, this might be your story. Star. Shout out to the mamas that encouraged us from the beginning, right? You grew up believing you were called to a big stage. You were called to have a big voice. You were called to live out big dreams. I was gonna have a big influence on this world. When I died, they were gonna talk about the big impact that I had. And now you're 40 and you look up and nothing looks like the big dreams you had. You're wondering what even happened to them. Most days you feel like scum instead of a star and you were broken in the process. And it's so sad because we want so badly to be whole and perfect and clean and we want to choose the story that people tell about us, but the reality is we're really a mess if we get honest. In fact, some of you, maybe you're not a star. Maybe you didn't grow up with that dream. Maybe you grew up with this one, that you would be off the market. Maybe 2020 was actually your year. Like you're the only person in the world, but 2020 was your year. After years of praying for the one, you found the perfect partner. He had the abs, he had the six-figure salary, the perfect smile, and everything was so good. I mean, the first date was amazing, the first kiss was even better, and you were off the market, baby. Y'all were even Facebook official. But then you got that call that you didn't expect. Came out of nowhere, right? He said, hey, we need to talk. She said, no, for real, it's me, not you. They said, Our, my feelings have just changed. And you were broken in the process. 
And you don't want people to see how big of a mess you are because you don't want people to think that you found your identity in man, but instead you're finding it from, from God. But the reality is, is if they would just take time to look at your life, your identity is in shambles and you need help. Or maybe your story is more like this one and this one is very, very personal. It says best day ever. Maybe you were that young lady that as a child, you dreamed of saying yes to the perfect dress. You were the one that at, at like 10 years old, you had the colors picked out for the bouquet. You already knew what songs were gonna be sung at the reception and what food the guests would give. Maybe you were the young man who had a gentleman spirit and all you wanted was to lead a woman in a Christian marriage and you finally got it and the dress was perfect the food was warm, amen. Everything was exactly like you wanted it to be. And then reality set in. 10 months into it, he got the job promotion you paid for, but the hours you never expected. Maybe all of a sudden, the insecurities he kept hidden started to come to the surface and you realized there was a sin life that had been secret for so long and you were broken in the process. And the reality is this, y'all, as much as I wish this wasn't the case, this is what our world actually looks like. This isn't just a fancy dramatic illustration. This is what breaks God's heart, is broken humanity. The stories that once upon a time had so much hope, but then hit hardship, and now they don't know where to turn. But those of you who recognize your story in this mess, you know that the story's not finished. You've seen what God can do. You know that there's something on the other side. And I'm just here to tell you, that's what we're about, Vibrant Church, is we're about seeing each other get down on our hands and knees and pick up the pieces of broken humanity and put them back together because there's a story still to tell. It doesn't end in the shattering. There's more on the other side. And so church, as we close out, can I invite you to consider a new type of art? It's called kintsugi. And some of you are like, what are you even talking about? Brother, this is Mississippi. I can't say that. I'm from Alabama. We can't even get the first syllable. Everybody say it, kintsugi. This is what it looks like. See, as you can tell, this was a beautiful bowl once upon a time, but it was shattered. I'm sure it had a singular purpose, right? It was supposed to be a vessel that carried things. Many of us, we, we realized that that was our story too. We were a vessel that was meant to carry the Holy Spirit to the ends of the earth and give people hope, but we were shattered, we were broken. And how many of you, of you are thankful for a God who says, hold up, I don't care about the shattering, I wanna show you what I can do. Let me get involved. Hey, I see the broken pieces, but you see all of that gold in there? That's his mercy. That's his grace. That's your future. That's you being repurposed. There is more on the other side. And so can I just encourage you today, Vibrant Church, can we take a phrase out of our playbook? Let's quit saying we don't have time for that. You know what we don't have time for? We don't have time for the comfort of ignoring because we have a community that needs healing. 
We don't have time to turn our head away from the thing that bothers us. That burden is there for a purpose. And I'm not calling you out, but I'm calling you up to a better life. A life where you don't just have to stand by and watch your friend's lives be wrecked. No, you can help piece it back together because the healer is in the room and he's still working. He just needs somebody that'll get into the trench with him. And so today I want to invite you to do something that may seem simple, but I've tried to share the stakes with you. I want to invite you to pray the prayer to allow your heart to be broken for what breaks his. Because here's the thing, church. If you'll do it, that mess you see can become the masterpiece that was on that screen. But we need fewer actors and more artisans. Let's get our hands dirty and start piecing some lives back together in Jesus' name. So I'm gonna ask if you would, just bow your head with me. Close your eyes. And I wanna pray for two groups of people today. The first group is that group who heard this message and God turned something in your heart. He lit a fire that you cannot ignore. He's called you to share your testimony so that someone else can find hope so that someone else can believe that in fact God is still moving. But he needs you to move from observant to obedient today. Maybe he's given you a vision for a small group you could lead, a nonprofit you could begin, a new story that you could tell. But he needs you to say yes to allowing him to break your heart for what breaks his. Maybe you're in here today and you want in on turning messes into masterpieces. If that's you, I'm just gonna ask you to take a very bold step. I want you to raise your hand and say, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. If you're in on this, raise your hand. Now listen, I know not everybody's gonna say yes to this. It's heavy. There is baggage with the burden, but can I tell you there is a blessing you will never forget if you'll just say yes today. Keep your hand up, own this. There's so many hands up in this room. Imagine if we all followed through. What would Columbus, Mississippi look like? What would Vernon, Alabama look like? What would West Point, Mississippi look like if we all followed through with this prayer? And so let me pray over you real quick. Father God, you see those hands. I didn't do it, God. You did. And so, Father, I pray that you will give them the heavenly burden that you want to. God, I pray you will give them the creativity and the new ideas and the new power and courage and strength to reach those that are far away from you. God, I pray you will give them opportunity to help people pick up the mess of their life and put it back together and become the masterpiece that you called them to be, God. Father, I thank you for this army of people that are willing to accept a burden so that they can share the ultimate blessing which is Jesus Christ. And continuing in this just posture of prayer, I wanna pray for one other group. It's probably the most important group we could ever reach. It's those who saw their story in the mess on this stage. Maybe the rest of the message didn't resonate with them. Maybe they were sitting there thinking, I don't have room for another burden. Let me tell you what you need instead, is you need a savior. You need to become a believer. You need to give your heart to Jesus. Because if you're looking for healing, if you're looking for hope, 
I can tell you now from the bottom of my heart because it's my testimony too, the mess of your life can become a masterpiece for heaven if you will say yes today to him. So if that's you, and you want to give your life to Jesus, or maybe you just want to recommit your life to Jesus. Once upon a time, you knew him as Savior, but it's become distant. The fire has gone out. If you want back in on the journey with Jesus, or if you want to give your life to him for the first time, would you slip your hand up now? Take that bold step. I see you up there. That's so good. I see you two up there. That's amazing. I see you four down here. It's awesome. The kingdom of heaven is being populated with souls right now. Thank you, God. Vibrant Church family, can we pray this bold prayer together? Say, dear God, I love you. I thank you for your son, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean and give me a new purpose. Teach me to live for you. For the rest of my life, I am fully committed. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Hey, can we celebrate church?